Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Hello, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach here, and welcome to Mama Truth Monday. It's time for the Mama Truth Show, and I am so excited. This is my second episode of the Mama Truth Show, and I wanted to bring on a very special guest, a dear friend of mine, someone who I admire as a mom, as a grandmother, and boy, does she make grandma look good, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Um, and also just as an incredible soul. She is such a bright light, and we're going to be talking with her today about how we can really not sweat the small stuff as moms. So I have none other than the amazing Christine Carlson. She's a New York Times bestselling author and world-renowned speaker. She's passionate about spreading her message of returning from grief and waking up to life with more joy and gratitude and certainly not taking life too seriously. She has a mission which really expands upon the phenomenal success of her late husband, Dr. Richard Carlson, who wrote the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series. And she continues his incredible, astounding legacy of of peaceful and mindful living through her own best-selling books, including the most recent, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Moms. Chris, thank you so much, dear friend, for being my very first guest on my second Mama Truth show. Welcome, my dear. Oh my gosh, Amy, such a Pleasure. And I just want to say what a great title for a show, Mama Truth. I mean, boy, that doesn't, that's just rocket. It's like, (laughs) let's just speak it all. (laughs) I know, right? Well, that's the thing, right? About being a mom. And you know this in the work that you do in the world too. And you know, your work around grief, your work around midlife, your work around don't sweat the small stuff about living the big stuff. But it is, it's like we need these spaces as moms and really as human beings to truth tell and to tell about the whole paradox of it all, how our children are our greatest gift and also can be our biggest challenge in our life. And so, I mean, this is so much the theme of all of the work that you do in the world around really embracing all of it and still really choosing to live as a positive, beautiful, bright light like you do. Well, and I just want to tell your audience, Amy, that I have had the pleasure of being your friend of witnessing you with your children. And honestly, I cannot tell you that this woman is the best mom. She really is the best mom. That isn't, there's so much truth in that. Like you, I can't even begin to tell you how patient and loving and kind she is. Now, I don't see her on the times when she's not. I was just going to say, I am amazing mom and so patient and kind and loving, except when I'm not. And let me yeah, tell you yeah. people. I know, I know. But I will say that you, you really have a great way, a great rapport with your kids and your kids definitely show it. I mean, it, it's, it's really wonderful. So for, if anybody's going to give any kind of advice about parenting, I'm glad it's coming from somebody like you. <laughs> oh, thank you, honey. Well, and, and I, you know, and I, I have to say, I don't consider myself a parenting expert by any way, shape or form. I'm really just a mom who's willing to tell the truth. And I'm a coach yeah. who's willing to use my own tools in those moments, not only with myself, but with my children. And I feel like that's something that you've done so brilliantly with your two incredible daughters and now your two gorgeous grandchildren of really being um, a model 
for being peace in the midst of the storm and in the midst of the chaos. Well, yeah. And you know what you're saying is so true that, I mean, there isn't, we all know as moms that there isn't a job, there's nothing like it. I mean, I know my youngest, my oldest daughter, Jazz, just went back to work um, full time just to get a break from her kids. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh. So she she actually just decided that she will never be a stay-at-home mom again because she just it's just too much. It's too much for her, you know. Yeah. This actually is working a lot better for her to get a break and you know to be having it's better for her kids too. They get a break and there's a lot more variety going on. So she's done well. Both. And you were and you were a stay-at-home mom for how many years? Yeah, you know, I I stayed home with my kids um really, I mean, their whole childhood. And, yeah. You know, I had varying different responsibilities as far as professional things that would come and go in my life, but but I really would have been considered a stay-at-home mom for the most part. And and I chose to just because I I could. That was the one thing. And I also yeah. didn't I was so entrepreneurial that I didn't really trust myself to create that life balance that you know, that entrepreneurs have a difficult time doing. Like when you're, you know, I was just such a driven person as a young person. I was like, if I'm working on my entrepreneurial stuff and I'm mothering, I just, I didn't know if I could do both. So yeah, you know, and Richard's career was so full time and so all out that, you know, I felt like one of us really needed to, you know, kind of man the ship at home. So that's how we felt about it. I love that. I Well, I really love that. And whether those of you listening are a stay-at-home mom or a working mom or a working part-time mom or a mompreneur or whatever you are, it really is such a profound choice that we have to make as moms. And I love that, Jazz, that your daughter has really said, you know what, for me and for my children, the best thing is for me to actually go back to work. And I know that that's someone's mama truth that's listening right now. I know it was for me. I knew that, you know, I have my, um, my Mondays, although these shows go live on Mondays, my Mondays is my mama day with my youngest Evie Rose, who's almost two. And, um, it's my, it's the day that I'm most exhausted by the end of the day between that and dropping my older off at school and then picking her up and then having her come home from school at three o'clock. And then I have both kids and my husband's working. And I'm just like, by the end of the day, I turn to my husband and I'm like, these are my most challenging, exhausting days. Like take me back into my office so I can record my podcast and coach my clients and do my other work because Lord have mercy. I am exhausted by the end of the day. So hats off to all of you, no matter what form of mothering you're doing, you know, being a mom is a full-time job, whether you have help or you don't have help. It's just, it's a huge job. And this is why, Chris, for you, I'll never forget this. This was many years ago, right when the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Moms book came out. And I did an interview with you. I interviewed you for a teleslam that I was doing at the time. And this struck me so profoundly. And this is actually a quote in the, in the Daily Mama Truths that I've, that I've put in my Daily Mama Truths because I just think it's so powerful, which is losing it doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It means you're a normal mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thank you for saying that because yeah. my God, right? Can you expand upon that for a minute? My God. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think, you know, in here, you know, you've done this great work about, you know, the inner critic and the inner mean girl, you mm-hmm. know, and, 
And as a mom, that certainly doesn't change that we're very, very hard on ourselves as mothers. It's a huge job, you know, and let's face it. Most of us had mothers that did some great things. And most of us had mothers that fell short too, you know? Yeah. And so we, you know, nobody has this great role modeling as far as parenting goes. You just, you really, the best you can do is just work on yourself and stay the most centered that you can possibly stay. And then realize that, you know, there's just those days, you know, like when a woman has PMS, I mean, geez, let's face it. We've got PMS. We we do not have all our faculties. I don't care who you are. Yeah. If you're experiencing PMS, you are not the same person one day to the next. And yeah. and you have to realize that, you know, maybe the, those are the days to cut yourself some slack, you know, realize that you need more space, not less space. You need to drive yourself less hard. You need to, um, you know, give yourself a break. And also, you know, I'm, I'm really big on apologies with my kids. You know, if I blow it, I mean, just last night, okay, Kenna, my, my youngest daughter is back home from college. All right. So I'm not parenting her anymore, but Seriously, like last night, I go to bed at nine o'clock and for some reason, I don't know if she had a glass of wine too many or not, but she was like fumbling around my house, talking on the phone, as if she was in the house alone and, you know, and fumbling around and, and trying to fix the computer printer that was next to my bedroom. I was listening to all this noise. Well, I finally got out and I, you, you should have heard me. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you know. <laughs> monster and she even looked at me she goes wow you don't have to be so rude about <laughs> <laughs> yeah and right and it's well I feel like there's this crazy big fat lie as I like to call it, this myth out there that says once we become a mom that our needs don't matter that we're it's right. supposed to be all about the children whether they're you know the te- the the young adult the young woman who's come home from college or my 2 year old that suddenly it's like it's all about them and that we don't have a right to have needs for sleep or needs for having a moment to ourselves or needs for self care and i feel like that big fat lie we have just got to bust that myth right here and right now because when we fall into that land of sacrifice on a daily basis, moment after moment after moment, it, we are paving the road to resentment and to losing it more often because then we're always, you know, we have no more bandwidth. Well, it's like the, it's like the rubber band just keeps getting tighter and tighter and tighter until it breaks. You yeah. Know? And that's like, there's a, a chapter that I wrote a long time ago in Don'ts with the Small Stuff for Women, and it mm. was called Lower Your Threshold to Stress. And it, you know, we, we tend to think, oh, we should be able to handle so much stress. And so we raise our threshold and we tolerate a lot of stuff. And, and, and then we just kept, our, it's like a balloon that just gets, keeps getting fuller and fuller until it pops, you know? And, but if you actually lower your threshold and you say, no, my, my, my ceiling is much lower and I'm not going to lose it because I'm actually going to set boundaries and just be really clear about what's okay and what's not okay for me early on. And that way, everybody, it's, it's just a much different place to come from than just feeling like, oh, I have to take this, I have to take this, I have to take more, I have to take more. Well, we all have a breaking point, and that's the truth. We all have a busting point. And, and so that's a way that you can own responsibility and be responsible for yourself and your family. Because if, if you're, you know, let's just face it, if you're more responsive and less reactive, and you've kind of got a strategy in place for, you know, say, let's say five o'clock, the bewitching hour in every household, yeah, you know, yeah, right. 
like, like I, I remember one of my friends called me up once and she said, God, my kids are just fighting at five o'clock. What do I do? And I said, I said, shut the door and pull out a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right, but, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I love what you're saying, Chris, because so we all know as moms, and obviously I know that there's moms that have kids of different ages that are listening right now. So maybe, you know, for me, I have a toddler that's just starting to get into that two-year-old phase of really deeply expressing her needs and desires on a profound level. And then I have an eight-year-old and I know you have 20-somethings and, and then you have grandkids, Chris. So regardless of the age, there's, there are those things, those times of day or those specific things that you know that you are tolerating on a profound level. And so I just want to encourage all of you listening right now to really pause for a minute. If you're, if it's safe to do so, even take out a piece of paper and write this down, make a mental note if you're listening while driving or on a walk or what have you. But what are those areas that you are tolerating as a mom? And, and then really going into that inner voice, that space of your inner wisdom and asking for some preventative care around that. So whether it's knowing, you know, for me, one of the things that I did is I, I actually started making a meal plan. Um, and I, I, fortunately, I have someone that comes in and helps me twice a week in the house and with shopping and cooking and stuff. But it was like just to know and to have written on the refrigerator, on our whiteboard on our refrigerator is what the menu is for the week because the witching hour, it would literally this was how it would go down. It's like at six o'clock, I would look and literally I would say, and sorry, I'm going to swear right now because this is what would happen in my mind, but I'd say, what the fuck are we going to have for dinner? Oh my God. Like who's in charge of this? Like my husband's working, I'm working, my eight-year-old's looking at me, my two-year-old, you know, she's crabby because she's hungry and I'm like, oh my God. Like, and so what we would end up ordering in and then putting it on a credit card at certain times, right? So it was just like, oh my gosh. And then I was, finally, I woke up one day and I was like, hello? Like this is causing so much anguish on a daily basis. And, it, and it's not the world's best meal plan. It's not like, oh my God, we have these gourmet meals every night. But just having that settled and knowing for the week, oh, these are, this is what we're having for dinner has created so much more peace right around that witching hour. So that's just a small example. So for all of you, and you can, you can let me know in the Mama Truth Circle group, put it on the Facebook post, like what is that one toleration that you can actually do something about right here and right now and create some preventative care around? Yeah, I love that, Amy. That's super, super helpful because I think when we do, when we do notice the patterns that we're in mm -hmm. and then we look towards creating a strategy, a new life practice to deal with that pattern, that's how you make change happen. And you know, I mean, parenting and raising kids is like living. We are all in habits of doing things certain ways. But when our habits aren't working for us, clearly, you know, when you feel frazzled and upset and, and then to look to life and to look to how you're doing life and, and instead of being a victim around it, just, you know, look to how you're doing something and do something differently. I love that. That's so helpful. Well, and I know for you, Chris, in your work, right, obviously don't sweat the small stuff. And then I know you have an incredible podcast for everyone listening. If you haven't checked out Chris's podcast, don't sweat the small stuff, live the big stuff. I'd highly recommend go subscribe, listen to every episode. She's amazing. Um, and you can, of course, check her out at christinecarlson.com as well. And Christine spelled with a K, christinecarlson.com. And I'll put this in the show notes as well. 
but you know, you talk about not sweating the small stuff and, and how to live the big stuff. Can you just talk to me for a minute and talk to all these mamas here about what, how do we determine what the small stuff is and how to really, you know, not sweat it and let it go and release it. And this, and everyone, Chris lives this in her life. I mean, she is so masterful at really releasing and surrendering on a profound level in her life. And you've, you know, with the death of your husband and having your life shift in a moment's notice, I mean, what a profound wake-up call for how to, in that moment, also live the big stuff. So what do you consider the small stuff and what do you consider the big stuff? How do you make that distinction in your work and in your life, really? Well, that's a great question, Amy. And, you know, what I want to say is that we all have different small stuff and different big stuff. Mm -hmm. And so much like there's, you know, a lot of chapters in our books about defining what your own small stuff is. But the way we define what small is, when you're sweating something small, it just means that it's taking away from your present moment living. So it means that there's something that happened that you're stewing about. There's, you know, maybe, maybe there's, you're overly worried, overly concerned. And let's face it, moms get into overly worrying and over being overly concerned. Um, that's just what we do. But again, that's a habit and that's a life practice. So you can change that, you know, and there's just, there's some very basic, simple, you know, principles that we live by. And the biggest question that you can ask is, will this matter a year from now? Most mm. of the small stuff won't matter a year from now. Most of the small stuff won't even matter an hour from now. So, but you can make it, it lasts a lot longer if you're not aware of your thinking. So, you know, it, it, so much of it is about being, becoming a conscious person, consciously aware, consciously aware of where your thoughts lead you. And also realizing that, you know, you are filtering your world through um, your own vision, through your own set, your lens by which you see the world. It's, it's, we all do that. We all have our own lens and it's a filter system. Your kids are building their filter system as they're growing. You know, it, it's a combination of everything that happens to you in your past and when you're growing up and your spheres of influence and all of your own personal experiences, this is what builds our filter system and forms our reality, you know, but the thing is, um, I think that, you know, when you get really focused on something like a minutia thing that happened, um, let's say it's even something with your kids. Let's say they had an experience that happened to them. Well, if you notice, like they'll come home and they'll say, oh, I'm not very happy about this. And they'll talk to you about it, but they just let go of it. I mean, have you ever noticed yeah. that with kids, Amy? <laughs> I have. Yeah. With Annabella, for the most part, it's like, you know, cause we kind of have this ritual around the dinner table where we'll say, okay, what was your best? What was your worst? If you have a worst, because we don't want to say that we have a worst if we don't have a worst. And some days, often days it's like, oh no, all best mommy. It was just a great day, which I love. But then when there is a worst, having that space and holding the space for her over the dinner table to just name it like, oh, I, you know, whether it's something small like, oh, I, you know, at recess today, I got in a fight with my friend and, you know, but then we worked it out. Like, so it's yeah. like, it's usually like, oh, that was my worst today or I skinned my knee or what have you. And then it's like her just being able to say it and then it's poof, it's just gone. Well, have you ever noticed like if, if like, say she says that, have you ever noticed um, with moms, like moms actually don't let go of <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Christine. I have no idea what you're talking 
I mean, my, my God, we harp on it. We, yeah. it, it's like, it's, it's like a dog with a bone, like just like we gnaw on it and punish and cause all this suffering. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We bring it, we bring it much more to the attention that is needed. You know, like I was watching with my daughter, I was watching, um, Caden is her oldest. He's six and a half and he's playing hockey and it's, this is a new sport for him. And there was a kid, maybe maybe a year older, but quite a bit taller. And Jazz just kept saying to me, mom, did you see that? That kid's pushing Caden on purpose. That kid's pushing him on purpose. Mom, mom, that kid's pushing Caden. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I, and I finally looked at her. I said, you know what? Caden doesn't seem bothered by it, Jazz. So I wouldn't bring it up. (laughs) My gosh. I love that you're saying that Chris, because, and, and I know moms that are all of you that are listening. So my, my, um, my oldest just started playing bas- third grade girls basketball for the first time. And it's so funny that you're saying that because I went to her first basketball game. And I mean, I had the exact same experience where I was like, why are they not passing the ball to her? What? And like, I've never thought in a million years, and I wasn't saying this out loud. I wasn't like, pass the ball to Annabella. Thank God I didn't turn into that mom. But internally, I was having this whole experience and then when she would come and sit down on the bench, she'd look up with me and literally give me a thumbs up and smile. And I was like, wow, like I'm having this whole experience. I'm projecting all of my BS onto her of what her experience must be because nobody's passing her the ball. She's having the time of her life. And I'm there causing all of the suffering for myself, <laughs> totally sweating the small stuff. I so get that. that it's so wild that we do that as parents. See, but it's the lens. It's our own lens from which we see the world. And, and you see, like, like, that's, like, I could see, like, Jazz's lens, like, she got bullied in high school. And uh. so she's really sensitive to her kids being bullied, like, super sensitive. And so that, because that's the lens with which she's viewing. Now, Caden, he's, like, he's oblivious to it. Like, to him getting shoved on, he's probably, like, I'm one of the big boys, you know? Like, right, right, right. <laughs> Like he doesn't even notice it. Like clearly he's not even, and so I, you know, it's, it's interesting though, that the more conscious that you can become, and that was really beautiful story that you shared because you were very aware that that was going on in your head. Whereas a lot of people, if you're not aware, then you would begin to react from that place. And those, those are the reactions that are sweating the small stuff reactions that keep you from really experiencing the big joy of life. And, and that's what don'ts, what the small stuff is all about. It's about choosing happiness and peace over stress amidst knowing when you are in a stressful situation for yourself, that there is a choice that you actually can choose the path to becoming more responsive and less reactive. And you can choose your, your actions will then dictate you know, that philosophy. And that's what Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Moms is really all about is, is being able to choose, you know, which path you want to take. And like knowing that if you're on a stressful path that you also made that choice too. I love that. And so for everyone listening, take this powerful question that Christine has posed here around, will this matter in a year? So whether you're sitting at the basketball game of your child or you're at the dinner table and they're not eating their, you know, their broccoli and you really want them to, or whatever that struggle is that maybe you're having with your child, with your children right now, and really look at the lens, like, A, ask the question, will this matter a year from now? Just in that moment, 
you're at the dinner table, you're at the basketball game, you're having a morning where all hell is broken loose, you can't get the lunch together, it's chaos in your house, taking that breath and asking, will this matter a year from now? And then realizing, oh, being able to shift that perspective in that moment and say, this is the small stuff. Ah, oh, this is a small stuff moment. Okay, great. And on the, at the same time, also, I, I love this, you know, the lens that we're bringing to motherhood, the lens that we're looking through, like thinking about it as if like you have a pair of glasses on. And when we're seeing it through the lens of our own experience, whether it's because we got bullied or because we felt left out if someone didn't pass the ball to us or whatever it is of actually taking out that, you know, the lens cleaners, doing your own personal work and cleaning that lens so that you can see clearer and cleaner in your own life. And what a gift to give your children and also what a beautiful gift to give yourself. Yeah. So it's a very freeing when, when you can take personal responsibility for your own happiness, it's incredibly freeing. It really is. It's, it's one of the most liberating things in, in the entire world is to realize that you're not a victim of life at all that you have a choice every moment in how you respond to life. It's, it's incredibly empowering. I love that. Thank you. And that doesn't make it any easier sometimes. <laughs> right. Well, right. But it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't, it does unless it doesn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. of life and of parenting and of being a conscious mom, as I know everyone that's listening is, that's what we aspire to be is moms that are mindful, moms that are conscious, doing our own work, bringing as much love and kindness and respect to our children so that they can mirror that back to us. And then there's sometimes when, you know, you need to go and lock the door to the bathroom and have a good cry or scream into the shower curtain or whatever you need to do. Yeah, and that's so true. I mean, that is that is so true about, you know, about parenting in general. I mean, whether you're parenting young kids, you know, middle school children, elementary school children, or adult children, I mean, you yeah. still feel that way even as an adult mom. I mean, my girls are, they are either really just so close or they are re really literally ready to knock each other down sometimes in a fight. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you know, of course I'm like, I'm always stuck in the middle, you know, even in, in an adult situation, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. This, this has gone on far too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Can't we put an end to this at some point? <laughs> I know. Right. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I know we're, we're, we're coming um, to a close here on the show. I want to make sure to say again that check out Chris's amazing podcast, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff. Check out her website at christinecarlson.com. That's Christine with a K, christinecarlson.com. And just to wrap it up, Chris, I'm wondering, will you share with us what's messy and what's magical about being a mom and also being a grandma? Yeah, you know, um, what's messy for me now is um, I have a place near my daughter so I can, you know, go and visit and stay and be with her for, you know, like a week, a month and with my grandkids and get, you know, become part of the fabric of their lives for that week at least. And um, I mean, I think what's messy for me is just knowing, you know, because I, I kind of feel bad I don't live closer and I'm not around more to help, like knowing how to still set boundaries with that and 
you know, so that, so that I don't have that feeling like it's too much time, you know, I mean, you know, so that's kind of gets to be what's messy a little bit for me because I really love spending time with them and I don't like to get overwhelmed like anybody, you know, I like, I like to be the grandmother now and just purely enjoy it. So, um, but I think what's magical is just, you know, from where I am now, just seeing um, what a great mother Jazz is, what a great aunt Kenna is, um, you know, just how much love they have and how responsible they are. And, you know, like you really get that feeling like you've raised your kids well when you see how they raise their children and stuff. So I think that's what's really magical for me. And of course, being a Nana is, is so amazing. I mean, it's, it's really such a, a gift to be a young Nana and to be able to, you know, run through the park with them and still jump on slides with them and, you know, do all the things that I could do as a mother, even with my kids. So it's, and I'm a lot more present, I have to say, you know, as a, oh. as a Nana, um, not as overwhelmed, you know, even though I, I'm a working Nana, I mean, clearly, <laughs> but I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not as overwhelmed by the whole task of, of the parenting part. Cause I don't do any of the parenting. I'm just the support person. So it's, it's really fun. And, um, and I just hats off to all you mamas. I mean, however you're doing it, if you're listening to this podcast, you're reading books, you're doing a great job. You know, you just, you just give yourself some, you know, really good space. Sometimes do some really nice things for yourself. And remember that in order to, um, have everybody drink, you've got to, you've got to fill the well. And so fill your own well, you know, be as peaceful as you possibly can and, and, you know, and let go of the rest because your kids are loved. And that's the most important thing anyways, is just that you love them the most. So Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris, for being my very first amazing expert and luminary here on the Mama Truth Show. I, I adore you. I cannot say enough amazing things about Chris. Please check her out at christinecarlson.com. She is a bright light and don't sweat the small stuff for moms. Don't sweat the small stuff for women. Don't sweat the small stuff series, all of it. You will love it. It's like the perfect book to keep on your nightstand or dare I say in the bathroom when you have a quick second you're peeing and you can just look at it one of the little nuggets of wisdom in these books they're just amazing and so thank you for shining your light so brilliantly I oh, agree thanks, Amy. It's been a pleasure have fun with this podcast I will I will and for all of you mamas thank you so much for tuning in uh, stay tuned for our next episode next week where I'll be talking with you about how to stop being so hard on yourself, mama. We'll talk a lot about the inner mean girl and the inner critic inside of us and how to just lighten up and go a little easier. So with that, sending all you mamas much, much love. Bye-bye, mamas. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share the Mama Truth Show with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. And make sure to visit MamaTruthCircle.com to become part of our free community of soulful mamas. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.